Tonight we're continuing our series entitled The Endless Summer. Um, if you can tell, I got, a, I got a great tan over the weekend. Uh, last week after summer, after summer weekend, um, I was in the office uh, Monday morning. First thing Monday morning after a long weekend, and Pastor, Pastor Gary walked by. He's like, hey, the weekend was great, huh? And I was like, yeah, it was an awesome weekend. I, where do you want me to begin? He's like, well, first off, you need to take a day off, man. Like, get out of here. And he was like, why don't you take Thursday off? Took Thursday off. Haven't been surfing in like a year. And I went surfing Thursday and Friday. Woo, got this beautiful tan. I'm not as good at surfing as I was a year ago. My arms are dead, but it was a great, great time. I love summer. I love all things summer. I love warm weather. If you like cold weather, uh, check your heart. Check your, I love warm weather. I would rather it be 100 degrees than 50 degrees. I'll tell you right now, I love warm weather. I want, I want, to, I want to retire in board shorts and like just wear like classic vans with no socks for the rest of my life because I'm not a flip-flop guy. I don't like flip-flops. <laughs> a little thing between your toes. Uh-uh. Not my thing. So we're continuing this series entitled The Endless Summer based on this movie of two best friends who searched the world for the perfect wave. They were chasing that perfect wave. And our big question for this series, if you're a note taker, uh, many of you probably have written this down over the last four weeks, um, but maybe you haven't and you're a note taker, you want to write some stuff down. Uh, the big question for this whole series is this. What are you chasing this summer? What are you chasing this summer? Whether you realize it or not, everybody's chasing something. Some people this summer are chasing an experience. Some people are chasing memories. Some people are chasing a good time. Some people are chasing summer love. Last week we talked about some people are chasing purpose. They don't know what their purpose in life is. The purpose is in the plans of God for their life. And that's what we talked about last week. What are you chasing this summer? Because the reality is, is you're chasing something. And tonight, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about chasing, um, chasing growth in your faith, growing in your faith and becoming closer, getting closer to God, getting closer to Jesus. Now, maybe you're in the room and you're like, uh, how am I going to get close to God? I don't even believe in God. Okay, well, just for a moment, just stop and think, if there is a God, isn't it incredible, isn't it a, a, a pretty amazing thought and idea that if there is a God, that you could actually get close to him, that he would actually be relational, that he would want to get to know you and for you to get to know him. So even if you are, if you're in this room and you're not a believer, you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus, first off, you are welcome here. You don't have to believe to belong here if you're in the room, your family. But for a moment, just stop and ask yourself, okay, if there is a God, wouldn't it be incredible to be able to get close to him. If you got your Bibles, open to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Your sermon in a sentence while you turn there is this. We like boiling everything down to one sentence. If you leave with nothing else, if you remember nothing else, remember this right here. To grow in your faith, it's not enough to know about God. You must know God. Ooh, come on. You guys are too chill tonight. You're going to have to talk back to me. You're going to have to say something to me. You're going to have to, uh, you know, I, 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 have a, I have a tendency to, in the summertime, be real chill and relaxed and laid back, but not tonight. Not to, okay. You can say certain things such as, amen, that's good, come on, preach, not preach, but preach, preach. You can say, preach it, white boy. You choose. It's up to you. You know what's coming. Get it out of your system. On the count of three, choose your favorite one and shout it out for practice sake. One, two, three. Cool. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it creepy how well some people know celebrities? Like some of you just got awkward because that's you. You're like, Harry Styles, favorite color, green. Birthday? August 17th, 1992. Place of birth, Manchester, England. I've made up all of this. I don't know if this is true about Harry. Harry, if you're watching the podcast, I don't know you, man. I would love to know you. Come and perform at summer weekend next weekend. Uh, next weekend, next year. Some of you guys, like, it is scary. All the details you know about celebrities. It is scary 
how, how well some of you know, what's that, what's that kid's name? Some, uh, something Mendez. Sean, is it Sean Mendez? Sean Mendez. <laughs> Marshall Mathers. It's scary that some of y'all know Sean Mendez. Shoe size, 10 and a half. Unless he's wearing Converse, then it's nine and a half. Like, you know, like, it's scary. But here's the thing. You might know a lot about that celebrity, but you don't know that celebrity. Now, I want to talk for a moment for everybody who was, like, raised in church. If you were raised in church, just lift a hand to the sky as a witness. Come on, glory to God. I was not raised in church. Um, so, like, basically, you're more messed up than me is what I'm trying to say. Like, your life was crazy. Uh, no, no, no. But, like, if you were raised in church, you, um, let me talk to you for a moment. You are in a little bit uh, uh, extra danger of falling into this category of thinking because you know a lot about God that you know God. You know, Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so is you. So, like, you know all, like, you know all the kids' ministry songs. You know that there's 66 books in the Bible. It starts with Genesis, ends with Revelation. It's split into two parts, Old Testament, New Testament. You know the Greek, the Hebrew, and the Aramaic. You know all of it. That's great. But there's a difference between information and revelation. You, you might know a lot about God, but do you know God? And, and my fear is that we may have a generation who knows a lot about God, but doesn't know God personally. See, to grow in your faith, it's not enough to know a lot about God. You have to know God. You haven't written down that. That's a sermon in a sentence. You're going to hear it a lot tonight. See, it's like it's one thing to know it's not one thing to know about my wife. It's a different thing to know my wife, right? Like, like to know, well, her name is Amber Nicole White. Well, it used to be Amber Nicole McKay. <laughs> How many know white is an upgrade? <laughs> you know, she, is a, she is so blessed to have married me. Wow. That's, you know, I'll drink to that. Why are you guys laughing at that, though? Like, yeah, oh, so funny. He is blessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if I know about my wife, that's different than knowing my wife. It's different to know about God and to know God. And if you grew up in church, man, like, like at some point, let me say it like this. At some point, you need to decide for yourself. Look at your neighbor. Say, you well, if you grew up in church, specifically for those who grew up in church, those of you who didn't, don't worry. We'll get to you in a moment. <laughs> you know, like, I laughed at my brother. This has nothing to do with the message. I laughed at my brother getting whooped one time. Like, for some of you, that's offensive. Like, oh, my gosh, your parents whooped you. Yes, we grew up in the day and the age where it was normal for your mother to smack you in the mouth. Like, <laughs> some of you are like, parich. What do you mean the day and age? That day and age is my life right now. Like, <laughs> Right now, here, now, this is it. Like, if my mom was here right now, she would have slapped me in the mouth when I said, preach your white boy. I'll tell you what. Like, I laughed at my brother getting whooped one time. My mom turned to me and said, you're next. I was like, oh my God. Like, some of you, you who grew up in church, at some point in time, you have to decide if you're in this thing for real. If you're not, that, that's fine. Like, that is fine. If you're like, I don't believe in God, my parents follow Jesus, but it's not for me. Okay, like, that's, that is on you, and you can still come to church. You don't have to believe to belong. This can still be home for you. Like, I'm not saying, like, some people be like, oh, well, you're acting one way in church and a different way outside of church, and you're fake. For some people, yeah, you're being fake. For others, you're just being polite. And we appreciate that you don't come up into church with, like, the shirt that says the F word on it and, like, drop all these F-bombs. Like, we appreciate the politeness that you respect the atmosphere, you respect the house. That's fine. It's, but for the rest of y'all who are like, no, I, I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus. Well, then at what point are you going to begin to step into it for yourself? Where's all the younger siblings at? You got older siblings? Y'all, you, did, you did you guys get hand-me-downs? I got hand-me-downs, like, I never got clothes of my own, you know, I was always wearing shoes, like, people are like, Corey, you have a lot of shoes, it's like, that's because I never had shoes of my own when I was a kid, I was always wearing shoes, two sizes, too big, you know what I'm saying, like, huh, 
don't praise God for some hand-me-downs or, or don't. You can have hand-me-down, you can have hand-me-down shoes, but you can't have hand-me-down faith. Some of y'all are living on your parents' faith. You can't, at some point, you have to decide, this is for me. Yeah, it just so happens it's the same thing my parents believe, but I'm not walking into this because my parents walked in. No, this is the path that I'm choosing for myself because I believe deep down with everything in me that Jesus is who he said he is, that living for Jesus, there's no better way. I believe God is so real that my entire life is going to be surrendered to him. You got to decide at some point whether or not this is for you and this is for real. Because you can... You can, miss, you can miss heaven by 18 inches, the distance between your brain and your heart, knowing, there is, knowing everything there is to know about God, but not knowing God himself. Colossians chapter 2, if you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. You have the amount of time that it'll take me to take a drink of my phony coffee. It's actually hot tea. I drank this coffee earlier today, and preacher tips, drink hot tea. It's delicious. My pet peeve, um, my pet peeve is any noises made with a person's mouth that is not talking words. <laughs> Chewing with your mouth open, like you're, you're, if you chew with your mouth open, like one day you're going to be walking down the stairs to heaven and it's getting really hot and you're wondering, why is, it's because you chewed with your mouth open, that's why. I'm just kidding. Even Jesus covers that sin because that is a sin. Hey, would you stand to your feet in honor of the reading of God's word tonight? Love. I love that we do this, by the way. Thank you guys. Because for, for some of you guys, you're like, oh, I'm stand, I stand up every week, but I don't even believe that this is God's word. And yet you still stand with us. Can I just say, like, thank you for the honor. Thank you for the respect. Thank you guys. That you, you're, you're such a cool community that, like, you go along with some of my crazy antics sometimes. Here's what it says, Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse number 6. Verse number 6, just two verses, two verses tonight. Here's what it says, Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let, everyone shout, let. Let, let your roots grow, grow down into him. And let, everybody say let. let. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with what? With thankfulness. Say, hey, let's pray together. Very long prayer. God, speak to us tonight and send Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. In Jesus' name, amen. High five your neighbor. Tell him it's about to go down. Then grab a seat. It's about to go down. What's about to go down? My butt into this seat. That's what's about to go down. Um, has anybody... Anybody ever been in a fight? Your brothers and sisters don't count. But has anyone, anyone ever, like, you, like, okay, well, Corey, what qualifies the fight, really? You balled up your fists, and they balled up their fists, and you threw them at each other's faces. <laughs> Doesn't matter how coordinated you are. Um, I'm going to tell you a time that I got into a fight. This was after I got saved. All right, calm down. It was my job. I was loss prevention at Walmart. I was a secret shopper. Uh, I would go into work in plain clothes, and I would literally, like, catch people stealing. And it was, in, uh, it was on, um, on that side of the Inland Empire. I have no idea if I'm, if I'm pointing in the right direction. Uh, seriously, no clue. I could, I, I, could I could be pointing to space right now. I have no idea. We'll say that direction is the direction of Moreno Valley. Uh, Merino Valley, for those of you who don't know, is nicknamed Murder Valley. Uh, Merino Valley is the hood. And this guy, in all of his toughness, uh, yes, I would wear skinny jeans into, and J JJ last weekend. He called me skinny jeans. What'd you call them? Leggings? He said leggings. And then he said I was wearing my wife's boots. I just ordered another pair of those boots in a different color. JJ, thank you very much. Urban Outfitters, 4th of July sales. 40%, all things already on sale. Um, so I, I'm doing lots of prevention in Murder Valley. My, my job was to catch people shoplifting. And um, I didn't, all, 
Most of the time, my partner was this gigantic dude named, uh, this gigantic dude who was Puerto Rican. Uh, his name was, I think it was Ruben, uh, big dude. So typically when we would, go, um, we would go out and stop somebody, he would be the one to stand in front of them and say, you're coming back in the store. Because when it's me, like, you're coming back in the store. And they're like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, okay, now we're going to fight, and this is going to suck. Like, I was getting paid 10 25 an hour to get in fights every single day. And one day when my partner wasn't there, um, I, I, I caught this guy uh, stealing, um, stealing slippers. They were like the, you know, the memory foam slippers? Like, the bottom is memory foam. You step in them, you're like, it's like I'm walking on clouds. <laughs> like, he was stealing those. And... And so uh, when my partner wasn't there, there were guys from the unloading department. Their job was to unload everything from the truck. And a lot of them was, were seemingly pretty uh, tough dudes, uh, some big dudes. And, and we would hang out during lunch and stuff. And a few of them said, hey, Corey, yo, we know that sometimes your partner ain't around. They didn't talk like this. This is just how I remember it. I'm dramatic in every way possible, if you haven't noticed. And like, so, so you know, bro, like, if ever your partner ain't around and you need someone to get your back, we got you. We got you. And then they would tell me fight stories. I'd be like, wow, you guys are like really hood. Like you've really, this thing's for real for you guys. Like if you haven't noticed, like I'm not a fighter. Like I, it was, I was like, if it's fight or flight, I'm choosing flight twice. Like, cause I'm going to run and then I'm not going to run to my own house. I'm going to run to a house that is a decoy. So they think that I live there and then I'm going to run to my house. You know, like I am not a fighter at all. Like I get, I, I, I pride myself in being able to talk my way out of any situation. So having some guys that could be the fighters for me when, when my partner wasn't around was like, that was, that was like the gospel to me. I was so, yes, I'm going to need you at some point. This guy steals the slippers. Really big dude. He's, he's probably like uh, nine foot tall. Uh, he was a Philistine. He was cursing God's people. Um, Bible jokes. They're the best in the world. And so he was, he was a big dude. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, like, this guy will, like, like he will pulverize me. Like, um, that, like, that big of a word because that's what would have happened. And, and so I, I, I get the, the unloading guys. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, this dude just stole some stuff. Like, well, I'm a, I got to go out. I got to stop him. Would you come? Would you help me out? And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, bro, we got you. We got you. So we go outside. Um, the thing is, is that part of policy was you couldn't actually stop anybody inside the store because technically they haven't stolen anything. They have to exit the store. And so, uh, yeah, so like you could walk around Walmart with stuff in your pockets if you wanted to. They can't do nothing about it. I suggest you don't because then all of security is going to watch you. Uh, security. Like you're like, yeah, and if you're the likes of security, we're not intimidated. Like, so I go outside. I stop the guy. And, and the guys from unloading are going out the entrance to help me. Um, I'm like, excuse me, sir. You're, you're going to have to come back in the store with me. I'm store security. And, and he looks me up and down. And he's like, what are we talking about? I didn't take nothing. And I looked down at his, at his slippers and he said, oh, all right, well, I'll give you back the merchandise, but I'm not coming back in the store. So I put my hand on his chest and I said, you're coming back in the store with me. And he said, boom, and he just punched me. I had a nose ring in at the time. I didn't have the nose ring in after the altercation. Um, so he hits me, he hits me, I hit the ground. I pop back up and he's running. He's a big dude. I'm not a big dude. You can hit me, but you're not getting away from me. Like, I'm definitely faster. I chase this dude down, grab him, hit the ground, and I start telling the boys, like, hey, come on, come on, come on. We got to get the, because so we didn't have handcuffs. We had zip ties. So like, we got to get, get the zip ties around his arms. So I'm fumbling with him. I'm trying to get him. And I'm like, come on, guys, help me grab his arms. Help me grab his arms. I don't know where my backup was at, but I'm like, come on, come on. And the dude's like, we're, we're, we're wrestling. He's got at least 5,000 pounds on me. And so he gets away from me. As he tries to run, I grab his shoe. I grab one of the slippers. I get one of the slippers. He runs away. He's almost to a car. So I'm like, he's running to this car. I am not chasing him down anymore. I don't know who's in that car. I don't know what they got in the car. I'm not going any further. He turns around and said, I told you I wasn't coming back in the store. I said, I got one of the slippers. <laughs> it was like my like victory. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm halfway. You know, how, you know how Walmart has lawn and garden? like the entrance there, and then they got the main entrance. We went out the main entrance. I'm halfway to lawn and garden. I turn around. The unloading dudes are still at the other entrance. Yeah, that was my response too. <laughs> what happened, you guys? They're like, oh, um, see, like, what, uh, so what happened, like, when it all, when, uh, so what, it's the thing is, is I'm like, just admit it. You were scared, and you never planned to do nothing. Just admit, look at your neighbor. Say, admit it. 
they didn't want to admit it. They wouldn't admit it. And you're, and you're, and you're, I tell you all of that story about me getting punched in the face, chasing this guy down, getting a memory foam slipper back, all of that. By the way, this guy was stupid enough three months later to come back into the store. We had already filed a police report with him. Police came, picked him up, and he got charged with battery. I won that. I, I lost the battle, but I won the war. I, I still have that slipper. I don't have a slipper. What am I going to do with one slipper? It's like, it's like on a mantle at home, like a trophy. <laughs> admit it. Everyone shout, admit it. I got five points for you guys tonight. We're going to jam through all of them, but they're going to be quick points. Our first point tonight is this. Admit you need to grow. Admit you need to grow. I knew this guy um, at, our, at our old church um, uh, for... for a confidentiality sake, we'll say his name was John, because his name was John. <laughs> and John was, you ever meet someone who knows everything about everything? You ever meet this person? Oh, I know. No, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, mm, yep, I know. Uh, Spider-Man came out yesterday. I know. Yeah, I'm going to go see it on Friday. I know. How did you know I was going to That's weird. No, yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Yep, I know. Did you, did you know that uh, the girl who plays Mary Jane, she was almost casted to be Ariel in the new Little Mermaid, but she, then she wasn't. Oh, no, yeah, me, uh, so, yeah, no, I know, I know, you know, you know, I know, because you know, do you know, I, you didn't know, I didn't know, I know. So I, like, came up with this elaborate scheme to, like, catch John in his, I know. And one day, um, I turned to John, we, we were in our youth room, we were getting ready for, for, uh, for youth service that night, and I turned to John, I said, hey, John, did you know, and I paused, and he said, I know. And I said, you knew what? He's like, uh, he's like, yeah. And I said, because I didn't even finish my statement, John. Gotcha. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, what did you know? And he was like, uh, I know. Uh, I was like, yeah, because you don't know. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't know? You ever, you ever meet someone who thinks they know you? You know what I'm saying? You're like, like, like. Like, you know for it, like, they, they, they're, they're, they're telling all their friends, they're subtweeting about you, they're commenting on your picture, and they think they know you. You're like, you don't even know my middle name. You can't have an opinion about me if you don't know my middle name. It's Devon, by the way. I've committed to Devon. I don't know if it's Devon or Devin. My mom won't tell me. That's a true story. You don't, this is, this is a statement. Write this down. You need to realize you don't know what you don't know. You know what you don't know? What you don't know. What you don't know is, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Colossians 2.7 says, let, everyone shout, let. Let your roots grow down deep into him. And let, everyone shout, let. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow. The word let there, the word let infers that there is an allowing. A, 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 a permission that is to be given. You have to let your roots go down deep. You have to let the work of faith work in your life. You have to let it. Now, you'll never let it if you aren't aware. I can't tell you how many people I have met in my life that never, ever realize they have areas where they need to grow. They have areas where they need to go, and, 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 and even, even if they do, there, there's so many people who might know they need to grow, but they're I know people who can never hear anything from anyone. And yet, here in Colossians, it talks about how you needed a teacher, someone to come along and to help you. Help you what? Help you grow. See, all healthy things in the world grow. All healthy things grow. Think about the moment that like a tree, an apple tree, a, a, an orange tree, I was going to say a watermelon tree. I don't What? Now that I'm thinking about it, I have no idea what watermelons grow on. What do, what do they grow on? I, every time I ask you guys, I hear, ah. A vine. Oh, okay, a vine. A vine. Okay. That's like just on the ground, right? Okay. Um, a watermelon vine, uh, any plant, think about it. the moment that a tree or a plant stops growing, it starts dying. And so it is with your faith. 
The moment you stop growing is the moment you start dying. Uh, Pastor Gary, um, he is, how old is Pastor Gary? He's 65, I believe. I think, I think Pastor Gary is 65 years young. Um, and he pulled us all together in a staff meeting, all the pastors, not long ago. And he said this to us. He said, if you ever think you don't have room to grow, you need to check yourself. And he's saying this not to like, not to like, like the church, not to, he's saying this to the pastors. You, know, you could be a hundred years old and still have room to grow. If you ever stop growing, your faith will start dying. If you ever think you don't have an area in which you need to grow in, well then just go find a friend, tell them, where do I need to grow in? And they're going to be like, you never text me back. It's all blue up in there. You, 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 and you're, you're the fool who has your, your, your thing set up where I know when you read it. It says, it says you read it. And you still don't take If you ever have a time in your life where you think you don't have an area, area to grow in, just go ask a friend. Just go ask a leader. Shoot, come ask me or Amber. We'll tell you. We'll tell you real quick. We have no problem with that. In this journey, I want every single one of these points, they're going to have a challenging question for you. Here's your first question. I want you to write this down. What areas of life do you need to grow in? No shame, no condemnation, but what areas of life do you need to grow in? Admit you need to grow. Next point. You guys still with me? You guys still with me? All right. Next point. Ask for help. Ask. Where's all the independent ladies at? Say, hey. Yo, tomorrow's Independence Day. We got an independent ladies. Come on, somebody. Okay, cool. Ladies, you're super independent. Love it. All about it. Um, just because you ask for help, it doesn't take away from your independence. Can I just say, it's okay to let him hold the door for you. All right? Let gentlemen be gentlemen. Gentlemen are like puppy dogs. You need to train us through repetition, okay? We're dumb. We don't get it the first time. Let us open the door for you. Let us be gentlemen. Don't walk around complaining about how, man, there ain't no more gentlemen left in the world. Well, that's because you ain't letting us be gentlemen. Let us be gentlemen. And all the gentlemen said, amen. My wife, my wife is so guilty of this. So She always lets me grab the door for her, everything. This woman is so independent, it's ridiculous. This is how independent she is. My wife is the woman who, like all of us, like God bless you, God bless her, God bless me, because I did this when I was 12, where it's time to get the groceries, and there's only one way to get the groceries. Like, here we go. <laughs> You're like... There may come a day where we make two trips to get the groceries, but it will not be this day. <laughs> and she'll come into the house where all these groceries, keep in mind, I haven't grocery shopped a day in my life. Amber don't want me to go grocery shopping. I go to the, I go to the grocery store and buy like protein bars and Gatorade. <laughs> That's it. Like, she comes in with all these groceries like... <clears throat> Thanks for the help. And mad at me. And you know what I tell her? Why didn't you ask? Ask for help. You need, do you need help growing in your faith because you don't know what you don't know? That is fine. Ask for help. Ask for Colossians 2 verse 7. It says, then, everyone say then. Then, then your faith will be strong in the truth you were taught. Then, then infers that there was a point in time there was a point in time when you weren't strong in your faith. It says, then you, will, then you will become strong in your faith, which infers there was a point in time when it wasn't then, it was some other time, and then you were weak, but then you'll be strong. Then, see, you need help. Let's quit, let's quit messing around acting like all of us are spiritually looking like Temez. Like, it's not true. Like, no, that's... We're not all super strong in our faith. That is fine. We're all at different levels in faith, man. It's about progression. It's not about perfection. You might need some help. Now, for a moment, just look around. There's the people that can help you. Like, we don't do church so that you guys can hear me shout at you for 35 minutes. 
Like, I know it's entertaining. I know all week, the only, none of you watch Netflix. You just go for the next seven days, and you, and you just read your notes from Wednesday night, and you reflect on it, and you're like, man, this is good stuff. This is theologically sound. This is biblically accurate. This is didactic. This is intellectual. I'm loving this. Like, I know that that's all you do. But that's not all this family and this community is about. This is, it's about helping each other. And there's people in this room that want to help you. So let me ask you, who can help you? Who can help? And here's the thing. Um, uh, uh, you got to get really good at this. Get really good at, at this statement. I don't know. Everyone just try it out. Say, I don't know. One more time. Say, I don't know. Get really good at that. Because there's nothing wrong with not knowing. And then get really good at asking questions. Pastor Gary, um, do me a favor, babe. Would you, we're going to put up Pastor Gary's quote. You guys help me out real quick. I'm, I'm just going to have Amber take a picture of Pastor Gary's quote behind me. Um, I'm trying to get a raise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> pastor Gary, our pastor said this. You can't teach what you don't know, and you can't preach what you won't go. Did you get the picture? Thank you. I'm going to send that to Pastor Gary, just so he knows. Like, okay, you do that. Thank you. What are you doing later? Oh, that's almost... There's a good plan right there. I'll tell you what. Want to see Spider-Man on Friday? Cool. None of you are invited. We're not even going to watch Spider-Man. We're going to make out through the whole movie. Just kidding. <laughs> We're married, so. You can't teach what you don't know, and you can't preach where you won't go. You got to ask for help because then guess what? You ask for help and someone teaches you something you don't know, guess what? Now that thing they taught you, now you know it. And guess who you can teach it to? Someone who don't know it. You see how that works? This is one of the most important things about our community is we're all in this together. Yeah, I didn't even plan for that. Come on now. You guys want it too bad. You, can, you can't handle it. Monday night, we, uh, on Monday night, we celebrated class of 2019. 2019, where you at? Class of 2019? We had a lot of you over, uh, a lot of you came over to our house and we just uh, celebrated and honored you. Uh, the night ended at about like midnight 30 because uh, we were hanging out and we we're talking and we we're talking about all this different stuff and we we're talking about the end times and revelation and the rapture and all. And, and the cool thing was, was I wasn't driving the conversation. There was a handful of these seniors who were just asking question after question after question after question. It was so much fun. Like Isaiah had more questions than I had answers. To, and it's like, man, and, you know, left and right. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. When, when is the rapture, Corey? I don't know. Uh, this might be pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. We don't know, but it's going to be trib at some point. It's going to happen. Like, I don't know. But I love how they're asking questions. Albert Einstein said this about questions. He said, learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow. But the important thing is to not stop questioning. Say it like this. Knowledge is having the right answer, but wisdom is asking the right question. How often do you ask questions? Probably not enough. Continue to ask questions, ask for help. Here's your challenging question under this one. Who can you ask to help you in your faith journey? Who can you ask to help you in your faith journey? Maybe it's your connect group leader that you've been sitting in their group every single Sunday and, and you've never connected with them on a more personal level. Who can you ask to help you in your faith journey? It might even be for some of you, it might be your own parents, it might be a sibling, it might be a friend. Who can you ask? So number one, we talked about admit you need to grow. Number two, ask for help. Our next point, stop getting offended. Somebody said, you will never move forward if you can't move on. Stop getting, you know what happens when you get offended? Nothing. Nothing happens. We're like, we're, we're like creating laws around being offended. Like you can't offend people. But you know what happens when you get offended? Nothing. Nothing happens. Furthermore, Christians, why are we so guilty of this? Like when someone comes along, well, God isn't real. I'm offended. You think God's up there like, oh my gosh, they're questioning my existence. Am I real? I'm not sure. Stop 
getting it. You can never move forward. You, know, you won't grow in your faith. You can't move forward if you can't move on. Colossians 2.7. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with what? With what? Thankfulness. See, it's hard to walk around with a heart full of thankfulness and also walk around with bitterness. You need to walk around with thankfulness. Stop being so offended. So here's your challenging question for this one. What is your current level of offendability? What is your current level of offendability? Now, I know offendability is not a real word, but for the sake of preaching, what is your current level of offendability? How easily offended are you? How often are you sitting there, I'm so offended. Like, how often? How, what's your current level of offendability? Newsflash. <clears throat> Jesus was very offensive. Jesus was, his, his nickname was the way, the, oh, there it is. The truth is very offensive. See, see, Jesus, Jesus is like spandex, drunk people, and toddlers. They're going to give you the truth whether you want it or not. And the truth, and some of you guys are going to, some of you guys are going to get that later. The truth is offensive. And we're living in this society, in this culture, and this generation that says there is subjective morality. And, well, your truth is not my truth. Well, okay, I, I can appreciate differing opinions, but there is still truth. No, the sky is purple. But it's not. But it is purple. But it's not. But I feel like it. That's fine. You can feel however you want. And it might offend you that the sky is blue but it's still blue. The truth is offensive. Colossians, Colossians 2, verse 7, it says, Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. The truth will offend you. And sometimes the greatest offense, even though Jesus was offensive, sometimes the greatest offense doesn't come from Jesus, but from those who bear his name. Christians. There are, there, are, there are so many people who, who say, I don't believe in Christ because of Christians. There's so, there, there's so many people who come into our community, and they're like, oh, well, what, I, what I love about your community is you're not like all the other Christians. I'm like, hey, like we, but we are Christians, and we're a lot like all the other Christians. So we haven't, like, reinvented the wheel or anything. Like, we are Christians just like a ton of the other Christians, right? And there's so many people like, I'm not, I don't want to go to church because, because I don't like Christians. It's like, okay, like, you probably had one bad experience with one bad Christian who had a, an opinion that differed from yours. And, and let me say it like this, like, never let the nature of man project on the character of God. Some of you guys are like, those were some big words. I'm not sure what you're saying, Pastor. Uh, if, if Caleb, if Caleb Young came and punched me in the face, I'm not going to either one of the Malera boys like, what's up then? No. Why would I hold them accountable for what Caleb, but some of you are holding God accountable for someone who apparently believes in God and their actions towards you. Well, if you continue to do this and carrying this offendability, then you will continue to have a level of distance from God. You've got to move on. Everyone say, move on. you got to move on because offense will make you run. Colossians talks about digging your roots down deep digging your roots down deep. Imagine you have a plant that you're planting in your backyard and, and you put it over here and you're like, this is the best spot for it. I'll be able to see it from my bedroom window. Ooh, I love this. Go green. And you plant it, but then later you're like, oh, like I don't really like this spot. So you uproot the plant and you're like, I'm going to put it over here. But boom. You're like, there we go. I'm going to give it a little water. And then, and then the next day you're like, oh, I don't know. Actually, I don't like this spot. So you uproot it and you bring it over here. And then two weeks later you're like, I don't like that spot. So you uproot it and you bring it over here. Guess what? That that plant going to die. That plant's going to be dead. You keep uprooting it, bare minimum, it's never going to grow. Because if you're not planted, you can't grow. And so many people are just bouncing from church to church to church like a beach ball at a Bieber concert, and they never put their, their roots down deep so they never grow. Well, why do people do that? I'll, I'll tell you what. I think because so many Christians today are confusing being convicted with being offended. Ooh, it was real quiet up in this Baptist church, JJ. 
oh, I'm offended, pastor. Oh, you, you said I, I have to change some things in my life? Hmm, I'm offended. I'll go to another church. All right. Deuces. <laughs> You're going to be there for two weeks, get offended, and go somewhere else. Like, don't confuse being convicted with being offended. You know how often this book offends me? I read this book and I'm like, oh, I, just, I go read the book of James and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm the worst. I really need to shape up, man. Like, oh, man. It's a, but you know what that is? That's, uh, I'm confusing offense with being convicted. Don't bounce around from church to church to church to church to church to church to church because you're, every time you get offended, you leave. Dig your roots down because then you'll grow. Stop being so offended because you're never going to grow if you continue with this offense. Now, let me just say, too, um, I've learned, JJ, you're going to be in ministry soon. Um, I've been in ministry for, how long have we been in ministry for, man? I don't, I don't know anything about my life. If any of you ever have any questions about me, my life, ministry, just direct them to Amber. 12 years, we've been, we've been in ministry, give or take, 12 years. You know what I learned in 12 years of ministry, JJ? You're going to have to learn this. Um, the ones who complain the most are the ones who are doing the least. Think about it. Like Judas, Judas said, oh, that perfume that she put on, on your feet, Jesus, oh, should have sold that to the poor. Okay, but Judas was stealing money from the treasury. Right, that's why he wanted to be in charge of the money. That's why he wanted to be the, the accountant because he, was, he didn't care about the money. He was doing the least, but yet he was complaining the most. You ever, you ever go to a sports game? You ever, go to like a, you, ever, you ever go to Honda Center and see the Ducks play? The loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats. And so it is in church. Often the people... How often are you complaining about the church? Now, comparatively, how much are you doing to invest in the church? It's rare for people who are giving their life, their time, their finances, their energy into the church to catch them complaining about it. If you are constantly offended at the church, complaining about the church, it's probably because, you know, it's not your church. It's just, it's not my church. It's the church. And you're just going to complain about the church because you're just so offended. Well, guess what? Uh, you're probably not going to grow in your faith if you're constantly walking around with complaints and offense. Stop being so offended. You, just, just listen to that Disney movie we are all sick of and let it go. Look at your neighbor say, let it go. <clears throat> what is your current level of offendability? This is the last thing I'll say about this because you, be, you could be a victim or you could be a victor, but you can't be both at the same time. And here's what I believe. I believe God has big things planned for your life. Oh, come on. Does anybody just want the plans of God for their life? The things that God, because he said, I'll do immeasurably more than you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of. Like, you could dream of a lot. I know I can. My imagination is wild. And God says, I could do even more. Just give me a lot. I do. Anybody want those type of plans that are way above anything you can imagine or dream of? I do too. But you, you will never be able to handle the big things God has for you if it continues to be the littlest things that offend you. Because every moment you'd be like, oh, I'm going. God, I want all you have. I'm offended. God, here we go. Me and I'm offended. Your, your level of offendability is a very good indicator of your spiritual maturity. How offendable are you? Our next point, point four. Take action. Finish this. Lights, camera, lights, camera, action. We all know it. In, in, in this faith journey, I believe it's faith. Uh, I believe it's belief, faith, action. You believe in God. To God, I believe in you. Then you put your faith in God through faith. You accept salvation. And then following that is action. The book of James uh, says, uh, faith without action is dead. Faith without action, it's, 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 it's dead. Is your faith dead or alive? Do you have a dead faith or do you have, you know, some, some people you just get around them and you're like, wow, my, you're so refreshing. You, 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 your, your, your life and your faith, it's so, it's so alive, it's so vibrant, it's contagious. Like, 
like anybody who's ever met uh, Mary Macau, like you know this. Like Mary Macau, her faith is alive and vibrant. She's got this beautiful African accent. And when she prays, you're like, you and God are best friends. Like, I want that. And then you know the person who lights up the room when they leave? <laughs> Which are you? Are, are, are you someone with faith that is alive or faith that is dead? Alive or dead? And can I just say, one of the best ways to bring life to your faith, to grow in your faith, is to begin to do the things that Jesus did. Mother Teresa, she said this, faith in, faith in action is love and love in action is service. By transforming that faith into living acts of love, we put ourselves in contact with God himself, with Jesus our Lord. There is something unique that happens when you put faith into action and start doing the type of things that Jesus did. And this last Sunday, I had the privilege to baptize a handful of you and uh, for some of you, that's, that's like your taking action, is the next time we do baptisms in just a couple months, maybe that's your step, your faith, uh, your faith in action is to get baptized. And getting baptized, that's a great way of putting your faith into action. It's a whole, it's a whole other thing to be the one baptizing. And, and I got to baptize a lot of my family this, this last uh, weekend, and that was very special. And it's just really cool to baptize someone because it's like, the, like, church looks a lot different than it did 2,000 years ago. The basic, the basic elements of it and, and the, 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 the foundation is the same, but it looks different. You know, they didn't have lights and electric guitars and microphones. And it looks different. But, you know, it's just so cool to baptize someone because that action is exactly what Jesus did. I'm getting to do exactly what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And I, I just have to say, like, like, there's rare moments where I feel closer to Jesus than when I'm getting to baptize somebody. Because I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is, boom, exactly what Jesus did. You want to get close to Jesus this summer? Man, start doing the type of things he did. Take some action. Belief, faith, action. When we get close, if we want to get close to Jesus, we can start living like him. Because the best the best uh, uh, way to share the gospel, it, it's, not, it's not proclamation. It's just living it. It's not, it's not talking about it. It's living it out. It's not explanation. It's demonstration. Live like Jesus. Watch how close you get to him. To grow in your faith, you just take small steps. Small steps. You don't take huge, massive steps. Sometimes, once in a while in a season, you will, but you just take small steps. Step after. That's why we say all the time. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. Step by step. Day by day. Anybody watch Full House? Here's your challenging question. What's your next step? What's your next step? Not 100 steps down the road, not your 200 steps. Just what's your next step? Think about it for a moment. Chew on that for a moment. What's the next step God's calling you to take? Maybe it's to get baptized. Maybe it's to start praying on a daily basis. Maybe it's to uh, begin to submerge yourself in worship music more than you do in, in other types of music. Uh, Maybe it's to, to ask for help and get connected to a connect group leader. What's your next step? It was Martin Luther King Jr. that says, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Stop worrying about step 1,462. Just take your next step. My final point as the band heads up and plays the best cover of the full house theme as you possibly can, Charles. Please Google the chords and make that happen for me. What if, like, the band actually did the stupid things I tell them to do? Like, came up a step by step, day by day. Like, I would literally tell them, like, I was just kidding. Please don't. Your last, your last way to grow in your faith, get closer to Jesus. Make time and find a place. Make time and find a place. Uh, word choice is really important here. I said make time. Isn't it funny how we always, the, the statement is usually uh, when someone says, hey, you want to go to the gym? Uh, you want to go to the gym later? And you'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll see if I can, uh, I'll see if I can find time. I'll see if I can find some time. As if you're going to walk around and like randomly find some time. Like, oh, look at that. Like, I didn't, I didn't have any extra time. But there's some, no, no, no. When it, comes, when it comes to growing in your faith, you will not find time. You will have to make and take time. You'll have to be this thing called Intentional. 
you have to make and take some time. Some of you, you will have to put it in your calendar. Some of you, you'll have to set an alarm in your phone. Um, every single day at four o'clock, I have this reminder. You guys can all see it, right? Here's what it says. Every day, 4 p.m., I have a reminder that goes off my phone that says, be a better husband. Which already, what is that saying? I need to grow. I've been married 10 years. I'm a, I'm a great husband. Your silence is very reassuring. <laughs> but I can grow. I can be better. And every single day, I have a reminder on my phone that says, be a better husband, parentheses, open doors, hold hands. You know why it says that? Because one time in a conversation, Amber says, you know, I, I just really like it when you like open doors and hold my hand. So now I remind myself every day to do that. Why? Why do I do that? Because some things are too important to leave up to memory. Your memory sucks. You know why, you know why there's a ton of people not in this room tonight that are like, man, they're at Bridge Youth every single week and they're not here this week. I wonder why. It's because it's summer and they forgot it was Wednesday. Not even kidding. That is the most common response to when we ask people during summer, how come you weren't here for a lot of the Wednesdays on summer? Honestly, I just forgot it was Wednesday. It's like, our me our, some things are too important to be left to memory, including spending time with God. Some of you, you're going to have to put it as your phone's background. You're going to have to have an alarm every single day. Some of you are going to have to have it as a calendar event every single day. Some of you are going to have to ask for help and tell your friend, can you text me three times a week and just ask me, you spending time with God? You getting alone? You finding time? You finding a place? Here's your challenging question for this one. When and where can you consistently meet with God? I want you to think about it right now. When and where? Maybe you're like me and you're not a morning person. Don't try to, don't try to do your devotions in the morning and fall asleep in your Bible. <laughs> But when? When do you have a free time? And look, progression, not perfection. We're not saying an hour, two hours. If that's you, God bless you. I have this little thing called ADHD. I can't go an hour straight reading the Bible. Like, I'm like, is, is the new Spider-Man is out. Okay, I need to Google some stuff. I'll be back. You know, like, that's me. But when and where? Now, where? Where can you... For some of you, you have your own room. That's a perfect place. For some of you, you don't. So where and when can you consistently meet with God? And realize it's not about the action, it's about the attitude. You get what I'm saying? Let me tell you like this. Like, your mom and dad ever make you go apologize to your sibling? And you know, like, I'm not wrong. I, sh I am not the one that should be apologizing. So they go... You go say you're sorry, and you go, fine. I'm sorry. You're not sorry. In that moment, it's not the action that's important. It's the attitude. What's your attitude? Are you actually sorry? See, it, it, when it comes to spending time with God, some of you all, like, you, it's not. And again, those of you who grew up in church, you are guilty. I'm going to spend an hour a day with God. Whew. Praise the Lord. Hour a day, every single day. They count, I'll tell you. And then you sit down and you grab your coffee and you grab your Devo and you put it on Instagram because it doesn't count if you didn't put it on Instagram. Like, yeah, let's go. Okay. All right. Who Colossians 2. This is so good. All right. Just 58 more minutes. All right. All right. Just 50 more minutes. Okay. Um, where am I even at? What am I even at? I don't know. Just, all right. Just 30 more minutes. I, I'll tell you this, two minutes of, oh, God, I just want, just speak to me. I just want to hear from you, God. Imagine if I was like, oh, just got to spend five more minutes with my wife. Just three more minutes. Yeah, but some of us are like that with God. And we have a God who, who loves us so much that he is dying to have time with us, to just stop and have a moment. He's the creator of the universe, and he wants to spend time with you, with me. When and where can you consistently meet with God? 
Because if you do, this summer, you'll grow in your faith. You'll grow closer to God. When and where. Let me give you guys a really quick tip on, on this. If some, this might help a lot of you. This helped me so much. Again, I'm, very, I'm easily distracted. If you haven't noticed, I have ADHD. I can't sit still for too long. Um, and this has really helped me because here's the thing is even this, it'll come in stages. You'll have a desire. I want that. Then you'll have discipline. Oh, this is kind of tough. But then you'll move into delight, which is now I'm enjoying this. That's everything in life. Comes discipline, uh, desire, discipline, delight. Desire, discipline, delight. That's how everything thing comes in those stages. And, and this is kind of the discipline. This will be something that you can discipline yourself in, and it will later become a delight. Here's two ways. Here's one way to read your Bible. We call it SOAP. SOAP. S-O-A-P. You'll see it up on the screens. This is what it stands for. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Pick a Bible verse, any Bible verse. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Don't worry, I'm a pastor. That's why I have it memorized. I know you'll get there too. You'll grow in your faith. Don't be intimidated. It actually wasn't even supposed to go on the screen right there, but I like that you put it. You guys are good. You guys are on top of things tonight. Um, you take this verse, scripture. You literally write this out. Write it out. There's a ton of studies that show when you just take pen, pencil to paper, it does something in your heart and your mind. It'll stick with you. So you just write it out, scripture. Then observation, O. You draw O in your journal and you say, what did I observe? What, let me say it like this. What's the first thing that stood out to you? For some of you, you the, the, John, throw John 3.16 up again. John 3.16 went up. He said, for God so loved. And the first thing that stood out to you, you are the mushiest mushy mush that ever mushed in the history of mushing. And the first thing you noticed was love. Oh, love. And so observation, love, comma. God loves me, comma, me, dot, dot, dot. Even with all the ways I've messed up my whole back, he loves me. Observation, for some of you, you, you got, you stopped at, for God so loved the world. And you're like, that is pretty crazy. The world, that's what you observe. You're like, the world is pretty unlovable, and it's pretty amazing that God love, not just love, but so love the world. That's the O. A, application. Here's how I like to think about this. If I were to apply this verse to my life within the next 24 hours, what would that look like? And you just write that out. Here's what that would look like. God so loved the world that he gave his, well, okay, well, like Grady said, then uh, if God gave, then I'm going to give. Give what? I don't know. Shoes? I got a lot of extra pairs of shoes. I'll give away some shoes. Clothes? Sure. Like, yeah. Money? Mm hmm Oh, buy coffee for that person that's behind me in line? Yeah, absolutely. Application. How would you apply this to your life in the next 24 hours? Then the last is prayer, which is literally praying that verse back. God, thank you that you so love the world, but you also love me, that you gave Jesus. That's incredible, God. Thank you that you gave, you sacrificed. Thank you for that, God. Uh, and I believe in you. This says anyone who believes shouldn't have to perish, but they'll have everlasting life. God, I believe in you, and thank you because of that. I get e eternity in heaven. That's what it is. S-O-A-P. For me, it's helped me so much in my Bible reading. Maybe you're not a journaler. You're like, you're the type that's like, I just want to talk with God. Great. This one's for you. Pray. P-R-A-Y. Most people hang out around ask all the time. All they do is, God, would you give us this and would you give us that? Rub-a-dub-dub. -dub. Thanks for the grub. Amen. Like, that's it. But here's, here's a great way to pray. Praise. Praise is what? God, you're awesome. You're so good. That moment is not about you at all. It's all about God. God, you're so awesome. You're so good. You're so great. I love you so much. You're incredible. God, you're magnificent. God, you're my best friend. God, I, would, I don't even know what I would do without you. You're phenomenal. Repent. Repent in like literally means this. You were going one way and you turned around and went the other way. Repent in this moment of your time of prayer is to say, God, I recognize I messed up here in this area. I've fallen short. Thank you for your forgiveness, and I repent of that. I turn from that. God, would you forgive me? Shower me in grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Then you move on to ask. That one's easy. Y'all are, we're all really good at that one. God, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need that. Also, I want this, and I want some of that. I want this. Thank you, God. And then yield. Yielding is when, when you come up to a yield driving, that means you have to slow down, stop, and wait on the other person. That's what this moment in prayer is. It's you stopping, being quiet, and saying, now you speak, God. Anything you want to say to me, I'm listening. 
if you just do these two things, you'll grow in your faith. End of story. I'm telling you, you will. I have. You will. Where and when can you consistently meet with God and just try out these two things? The Bible does say that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him doesn't have to perish, but they'll have everlasting life. I look at that as, um, it's like a parachute. Imagine you got on a plane and, and the, the flight attendant came over and they're like, hey, would you like a, would you like a soda, water? Are you, would you like some pretzels, hot towel? And they're like, also, you want a parachute? And you're like, why the parachute? And what if they're like, oh, you know, well, they're really stylish, they're comfy, and we're all wearing one. And you're like, stylish and comfy? Yeah, and they will enhance your flight experience. And you're like, okay, if it's comfortable and will enhance my flight experience, why not? Let me, let me have the parachute. Before you know it, like, who's ever been on a plane? Why are the seats so small? And they're like, okay, time for me to recline, get comfortable. <laughs> Before you know it, you'd be like, huh? You'd be squirming because parachutes are not comfortable, right? Like, ah, and you would take the parachute off and ditch it. You're like, did not, it was not comfortable, did not enhance my flight experience. But imagine they came over like, hey, would you like some pretzels, some water, soda? Um, also, parachute? And you're like, whoa, whoa, why the parachute? I said, oh, um, we didn't put enough gas in the plane and we'll be crashing at some point. We don't have enough to get there. You'd be like, Yes, give me the parachute, right? You back, you got two? I'll take another one just in case. Why? Because if that plane's going down, you want the parachute. If it's for comfort, you're getting rid of it, right? See, the parachute is your faith. John 3.16 says, says, whosoever believes, believes is, is another word for faith, should not perish the parachute is for the perishing. This plane called life is going down at some point, you guys. It's appointed that every person will die once. You know why so many, so many Christians have walked away from the faith? It's because they thought that it was for comfort and to enhance the flight, their life experience. And the first moment they got all uncomfortable, they're like, I'm ditching this thing. So if that's you tonight and you're thinking about ditching the parachute, you're thinking about walking away, let me urge you, don't give up. If you're uncomfortable, if you're struggling a little bit, that just means faith is doing its job. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep going. Keep pushing forward. But maybe you're in the room and you've, you've never put on the parachute. Maybe you're hearing all of this about getting close to God and you're like, I want that, but I don't even know if I believe in God. Well, you have an opportunity to step into a relationship with him tonight, to have him wash away all your sins, to put on the parachute. That's for what? For perishing. Because on John 3, 16, we've got belief on one side, we have perishing on the other side, and then after that, we have eternal life. If tonight you say, I want that, I want the parachute, I want eternal life, I want a relationship with God, I want to get close to him, you can have that opportunity tonight. You can step into it tonight. You can have that relationship tonight. You can start it. It's so easy. We just start that relationship with words that we say with our mouth that we mean in our heart. So that's what we're going to do right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're in the room tonight and you say, that's me, I want that. I want a relationship with God. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want, oh, I want to get close to him. I need him. I don't know, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do next, but I feel like this is my next step. If that's you, I'm gonna invite you to respond in a very simple way. In a moment, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. 
I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand, just one hand, quickly, high enough for me to see it. If you say, that's me, I want, I want a relationship with God. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to know that the day that I die, I will be in heaven with him for eternity. If that's you, this is your moment. This is your time. Don't miss your moment. Every Christian in the room is praying right now for anyone who's going to step into this moment right here. If that's you, when I get to three, you just raise your hand as quick as you can. One, two, three. Right now, raise your hand if that's you. Anybody else? Hands are going up everywhere. Amazing. It's the best decision you ever make with your life. I promise you that. I promise you that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amazing. You can put your hands down. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. So that's what we're going to do. It's the journey that starts with words from our mouth that we believe in our hearts. We are going to pray this out loud. That's what I'm asking. I'm going to give you some words. You just repeat these words out loud after me. If you just raise your hand, don't worry. Everybody in the room is going to pray this. We're a family. We do things together. So right after me, would you repeat these words? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. I'm taking a step towards you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, everyone said, hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen.